Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hello, everyone. I'm Nikkel Terry Ellis, senior writer on CNN's race and equality team, in for David Chalian, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. Minnesota police confronted demonstrators on the third night of protests over the fatal police shooting of 20-year-old Dante Wright. They're demanding justice for Dante Wright, fatally shot by police during a traffic stop. That was on Sunday night. Meanwhile, the Minnesota police officer that shot and killed 20-year-old Dante Wright over the weekend has resigned from the Brooklyn Center Police Force. America has been reeling from the police shooting of 20-year-old Dante Wright, an unarmed black man in Minnesota, just miles from where George Floyd was killed last summer and where Derek Chauvin is currently on trial for murder. In the wake of Wright's killing, and in the shadow of the Chauvin trial, Minnesota has experienced multiple nights of unrest that have led authorities in several cities to implement curfews. And as this unfolds, we're also learning that 13-year-old Adam Toledo was shot by police. This all puts renewed pressure on President Biden and the Democratic Senate to address police reform. And right now, there is a bill before the Senate called the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. So today, we're going to explain exactly what is the state of play here, what's in this bill, and the challenges that lie ahead for it. During then-candidate Joe Biden's presidential run, in the wake of another police-involved shooting that left Jacob Blake paralyzed, Biden voiced his support for the need for police reform in the form of a commission. If I get elected president, I promise you, there will be a national commission on policing out of the White House where I'll bring everyone to the table, including police chiefs, including civil rights activists, including the NAACP, including the African, the Latino community. Earlier this week, however, the Biden administration stood down on that campaign promise, choosing to instead focus on legislative efforts, as Press Secretary Saki explained. We are focused on working with members, with advocates on many sides of this debate on how uh, to move things forward. And we feel the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is the most constructive, effective, impactful way to do that. The bill is meant to overhaul policing and was initially introduced by California Democratic Congresswoman Karen Bass in the aftermath of the George Floyd protests. Since George Floyd's murder, over a hundred people have been murdered or brutalized, and clearly we have got to do something that holds police officers accountable. Another police reform bill, sponsored by Tim Scott, the only Black Republican senator, failed to pass last summer after Democrats blocked the bill because they did not think it went far enough. Securing some sort of action on this issue is paramount for President Biden, given his record on criminal justice. The president has been highly criticized for his involvement in the now infamous 1994 crime bill, a law blamed by people on both sides of the aisle for locking up a generation of nonviolent offenders. Even current Vice President Harris hit Biden on this exact point during the Democratic primaries. That 1994 crime bill, it did contribute to mass incarceration in our country. It encouraged and was the first time that we had a federal three strikes law. It, it funded the, the building of more prisons in the states. So now let's take a look at where this bill stands and what it actually does. Early last month, Nancy Pelosi announced that the House passed the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act without any Republican support. 
It's pretty exciting to have a big, strong Democratic vote for that. We had wished it would be bipartisan. We feel very optimistic that there must be some bipartisanship here in the Senate. Supporters of the bill say it would improve law enforcement accountability and work to root out racial bias in policing. The legislation would also set up a national registry of police misconduct. This aims to stop officers from evading consequences for their actions by moving to another jurisdiction. This bill also aims to better relocate community resources. Here's New York Democratic Representative Jamal Bowman to explain. We need to reimagine public safety and we need to move resources from police departments to social workers and community workers to help engage communities in a more intimate way and effective way so that police aren't responding to mental health challenges and domestic challenges. The bill would also ban racial and religious profiling by law enforcement at the federal, state and local levels. And finally, the bill also overhauls what's called qualified immunity. Qualified immunity is a legal doctrine that opponents argue is shielding law enforcement from accountability. Essentially, it protects officers from being personally liable if he or she violated the Constitution unless it was clearly established by past cases that his or her conduct was unconstitutional. This change would be a major victory for many civil rights communities, as Derek Johnson, the president of the NAACP, emphasized. We need to pass the George Floyd Act so that we can ensure that qualified immunity is no longer a shield to accountability, so we can thrive as communities with individuals who are sworn to protect and serve actually doing that. But just how difficult will it be to get this bill approved and signed into law? Here's House Democratic Chair Hakeem Jeffries describing what will need to happen. The House has passed the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act through great leadership from Speaker Pelosi and Congresswoman Karen Bass. And we're working with the Senate to see if we can get this legislation through that body and to the president's desk so it can be signed into law. But it's not as easy as he made it seem. The bill faces several hurdles before it would even get to the president's desk. The bill faces an uphill climb in the Senate, where it is unclear if it has enough votes to pass a filibuster. That would require 60 votes, so at least 10 Republicans would have to join the Democrats. That's a tall task, and it's not looking likely as the fight over the bill plays out in the public. Many Republicans are claiming that, among other things, the bill aims to defund the police. We are seeing the Democrats in the House under Speaker Pelosi move to defund the police. You say this is a reform bill, and I say that's BS. Your own conference members have been advocating for the defunding of our local police officers. But Democratic Congressman Jamal Bowman, who we heard from earlier, says that is not what the bill does. This bill does not defund the police. It simply doesn't. It, it points to and focuses on accountability and transparency. Taxpayer money funds police officers and police departments across the country. The police department should be accountable to taxpayers. So given all of that, it's clear that this bill has a long way to go. But in the wake of increasingly frequent high-profile deaths involving the police and public pressure for more substantial reform, the Biden administration is hoping to meet that moment with this historic legislation. That's it for today's special edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a production of CNN Audio. 
Megan Marcus is our executive producer and Haley Thomas is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Will Cadigan, Emmanuel Johnson, Mimi Mutesa, David Toledo, and engineered by Francisco Monroy. I'm Nikhil Terry-Ellis. David Chalian will be back on Monday. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.